When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, College Cross fans? You are watching another episode of the Lax Factor Podcast. Today, in uh, Monday's show, we're going to recap Army at Syracuse. Tomorrow, we're going to get into a bunch of other games, and what we'll probably do is put the recaps out as individual videos. At any point, if you want to listen to the full audio podcast for any given day, go to anchor.fm forward slash Factor. But for today, we're going to dive into the great game that was Army at Syracuse that I attended yesterday. Before I get into it, wanted to talk about Sideline Swap, this episode's sponsor. Best place to buy and sell used lacrosse gear, hard-to-find gear, pre-owned heads, shafts, helmets, and more, up to 70% off retail. So go to the link in the description below or just go to sidelineswap.com and you can get yourself some sweet gear. Now, to get into the details of this game, Army Cuse game, it was crazy. Crazy game, 5-2 at the half. It felt a lot, a lot worse than that because at one point it was 5-1 pretty much thanks to Brendan Nickturn. He had a big first half. I was talking to the guys in the box I was sitting with, and they, you know, Nickturn is the key here. So he has the first two assists for Army, and then he scores two goals in that first half, helping Army to a 5-1 lead late in the, the first half. I think they scored their last goal about a minute 13 left in the half, and it looked 5-1. Ugh, going into the half down by that, it would have sucked. Curry did score a late goal for Syracuse to try to get it back, to, or not to try, but to successfully get it back uh, to 5-2. So that was huge for Syracuse. If he had not put up that goal to get it back to 5-2, that second half could have gone a lot differently. But Brendan Nick turn over the course of that first half, two goals, two assists, uh, so he had four points out of Army's first five goals. That was a big deal, and it was key to Army's success. And as I've said, Nick Turn is going to continue throughout the season to be the key to Army's success. When he's putting up points, when he's involved in the game, I think Army will do well offensively, and when he's not, I think they'll tend to struggle a little bit. And he's the fastest player, I believe, in Army history, or at least in a long time, to get to 100 points as well. So congrats to Nick Turn. Now, the other side of the ball Jamie Tremboli. J- Tremboli puts up five goals on the day. That's a career high for him. He put up three goals over a four-minute and 11-second stretch to start out the third quarter. So Cuse comes into the – starts the second half – down five to two, and then Tremboli comes in and puts up a hat trick over four minutes and 11 seconds to tie the game up for Syracuse. Now, it did go back and forth. Army did chip back, and they go up 6-5, and then Cuse ties it up again. So it went back and forth a little bit, but Tremboli's five goals was the result of of Syracuse to a degree doing what I've said they should be doing all along, feeding the beast offensively, the Syracuse attack unit. No points at all the entire game. Now, Cook probably played the best out of the three attack that had no points simply because of what he does in the ride game. But the Syracuse attack struggled, so Syracuse was forced to feed the beast a little bit more with that first midline. So they got a little bit of extra burn. They strung together a bunch of runs in a row for them, and the end result is Trimboli puts up five goals on the day. That was incredible. Another key to this game Drake Porter in cage. He won the goalie battle over Schupler. Porter with 18 saves versus seven goals against on the day. 
Schupler also played great, 16 saves, but only five of Schupler's uh, saves came in the second half. So he struggled in the second half, whereas Porter put up a more consistent game from first, you know, from the, the opening whistle to the to the final whistle when Syracuse wins this game. So Porter wins the goalie battle, had a very good first half, made a bunch of key saves in the beginning to keep it from going off the rails early. It could have been 6-1, 7-1 if it wasn't for Porter playing very solid between the pipes. Another key to this game Despite the early struggles, Syracuse went 7 of 8. Fop went 7 of 8 in the first half winning faceoffs, and on the day he goes 16 of 19 uh, on the day from the faceoff dot. So Fop was huge in just making sure that Syracuse won that possession battle, which they did. It didn't always feel that way, especially early on on the scoreboard, but overall Fop had an incredible game. When you look at the, the stat line, uh, the first half, we were all surprised that it was as, it was, you know, as lopsided as it had been up to that point. Um, the one key place that Syracuse did outperform army was shot. Syracuse outshot army by quite a bit, but the shots on goal were pretty even. So Syracuse took a lot of bad shots early. They missed the cage a lot early. Shored that up over the course of the second half, put more on cage, really tested Schupler and ended up winning that battle in the end. Syracuse defense, once again, without Nick Mellon, I'm told that it, we, they may be without Mellon for a little bit because he's got a hammy injury and those are nagging and hard to heal. So they're probably going to try to make sure Mellon is, is fully healthy before he comes back because it is really easy to retweak those hammies and you can have an entire season derailed because of something like that. So the defense without Mellon, they look tough. Army's a good offensive team and Army has put up some points against some good teams and uh, the defense holding them to five goals in the first half. I was pleased with that, especially considering how poorly the offense played. And then uh, the second half to limit Nick Turn. Nick Turn has four points in the first half, zero points in the second half. And that was largely due to Kennedy and company getting on him, getting on his hands and just pestering him and everybody else. So that defensive effort to, to allow five goals in the first half and only two over the course of the second, they clamped down and played well. A lot of that due to Porter, but a lot of that due to the D-mids and the close defense playing good uh, lacrosse as a team. Uh, but then one of the other things we can talk about is the attack. Nine shots between the three starting Syracuse attackmen, no goals, no assists, a big goose egg. And a lot of people are saying, what does that mean? Eh, I'm not sure it means anything for the most part. I think that uh, Syracuse is a quality team throughout their roster. And one of the things that we were talking about earlier in the year is that the reason this team is built, uh, you know, is a championship level team built like that anyway, is because it doesn't matter who has a bad day in this case. All three Syracuse attackmen had a bad day. That's what Army does. That's how Army beat up on UMass. That's how Army beat up on Rutgers. They give attackmen problems. They disrupt offensive flow. And if a team can't get in that flow, they're going to be hurt by that. Uh, in this case, the Syracuse first-line midfielders, they're the ones that, that did all the damage here. And uh, they picked up the slack for the Syracuse attack that were you know struggling mightily for the most part. So that Syracuse attack, they can. we don't want them to have too many games like that, but where they do have those games, it's not going to kill them. Jamie Tromboli, five goals on the day. Brendan Curry, two goals, two assists. Tucker Dordovic, quiet, but one very key goal. David Libka, one goal. That is it. That's the points. We have five goals. Uh, we have, uh, let's see here, so eight goals uh, scored by the, the Syracuse first midfield line, one goal by their second, and that is all of their points on the day. So that is pretty crazy for the Army side here. Everybody was fairly quiet except Nick Turn. Nick Turn two and two. Sil uh, Miles Silva two and zero, oh, and uh, then a bunch of guys chipping in one goal. So both teams played well. Both teams played hard. It was actually even though it was a low scoring game, 
It wasn't a terribly ugly game. There wasn't a ton of turnovers. Both teams cleared the ball well. It was just a hard-fought game with two goalkeepers playing really well and two defensive teams, two two teams that had you know played really good defense on the day. Uh, and Syracuse, everyone's been a little worried about that defense. How are they going to play once we play a good team? Well, we saw today. Army, one of the better offensive teams in the country. Nick turned one of the best attackmen in the country, and they kept him quiet, and they kept the Army offense quiet despite that rough first half they just kept chipping away chipping away chipping away until they finally got in a groove put some goals together but player of the game hands down uh, some might want to give it to Porter Porter you know he's going to be expected to play this well often this year and he's going to need to but the player of the game for me especially considering the offensive drought that Syracuse had is undoubtedly Jamie Tromboli his five goals on the day the three that he rang off across the beginning you know of that that third period to give to get Syracuse back to tied uh, can't say enough about the day that he had. Uh, one of my uh, little buddies here, Lincoln, uh, got to meet Tromboli after the game, got a picture taken. So uh, if I get approval from uh, Lincoln's mother, I'll put that picture up here as I'm talking about this. But that was cool, too. It wasn't cool, just cool that Lincoln got to meet Tromboli, get his picture taken, and talk to his favorite lacrosse player. But it was cool that Tromboli, on that day, uh, put up five goals. So it couldn't have been a better better time for a little meet and greet for uh for Link. So that is it for the Syracuse game as we kind of get into some other games that went on uh, this weekend here. And uh, let's go through. We got Loyola Rutgers. That was one. I thought Loyola might win by a couple goals. Loyola ends up going 11-10 over Rutgers on the day. And uh, they actually had like a two, three goal lead for a good chunk of that game. And Rutgers battled back and, and made a real game of it. Aiden Olmstead three and two. And that was always going to be key for Loyola. Can Aiden Olmstead become the number one Dodger, the number one ball carrier and offensive creator for this Loyola team? He has so far, so that is a really big deal for Olmstead. Three and two on the day. Uh, Joey Kamish, Kamish three and zero. Oh. Pete Swindell two and one. He's been playing well so far. McNulty scores another goal uh, with his long pole one and zero. Oh. Lindley quiet. Rutgers holds Lindley to just a goal. And uh, for Rutgers, David Sprock four and two. Kieran Mullins two and one. So Loyola kept the the usual suspects. Mullen and uh, Mullins and Gallagher quiet. Mullins goes two and one, and Gallagher Gallagher goes. One and two. And then we got these two commissions. Uh, so we got Joey Kamish and I see a Brennan Kamish on the other side for Rutgers. I'm wondering if they're brothers. I'm going to have to look that up. Brothers, relatives of, of sorts or whatnot. Steven Russo for Rutgers, even in this loss, looked strong in cage. Uh, 16 saves versus 11 goals against. So that is tough. And he's going to be key for Rutgers because they're now sitting at two and two. Um, and, you know, they're going to need Russo to continue to play well through the season, especially as they start to get closer and closer to their conference, which is just absolutely brutal. So excellent outing for the boys of Loyola. Another team that got a really big win, and I'd kind of call this a big statement win, is Cornell picking up a huge 21-11 to win uh, over High Point, putting the big hurt on High Point. Story so far this season for High Point is that Asher Nolting has largely been bottled up compared to his point output at this point last year. He is way flying under the radar. He's way underachieving so far. Added Between added pressure from teams, just the pressure of being the man himself, I think is weighing on him a little bit, and this offense just has not gelled for high point the same way that it did last year. Cornell, on the other hand, Cornell has totally gotten off 
And uh, offensively in just their sec- third game, this is their third game, uh, 21 goals. They put up a bunch of points in every game they played so far. And it's not just Jeff Teat being Jeff Teat. This is Piatelli, six goals. Michael Long, four and three. He's had a couple of really nice games. Teat, don't get me wrong, three and four. He had a big monster game, fed the ball well. Jonathan Donville has uh, played really well, two goals, three assists. And uh, Cooper Telesco, a little bit quieter this game, a goal and uh, two assists. And Connor Fletcher, he was only 1-0 in this game. But once again, I keep saying Connor Fletcher is going to be really big. Uh, I mean, he is just a big body, a really solid midfielder, put up a ton of points his sophomore year and uh, did not have the junior year I thought that he'd have. So it's uh, am I getting his years right? He may only be a junior now. Either way, Fletcher this year, whatever he is this season, Cornell, in order to make a legitimate run, is going to need Connor Fletcher to continue to play well and to continue to put up points consistently. Erlin and Cage, uh, 10 saves versus nine goals against. So he played solid. So uh, Cornell has really put it together, and uh, they're going to end up playing Syracuse this year. I believe it is at the Dome or it's at the high school, but I think Syracuse has the home game against Cornell this year, so that's going to promise to be a good one. High point. They're starting to get closer and closer to conference play, and their conference is tough where they've got they've got to face Richmond, Air Force, and some other really quality teams. So High Point is going to hope that, you know, they have played a bunch of really good teams. I mean, they've lost to who? Maryland. Now they're losing to Cornell here. Um, so it's not like they've played chumps. They've played a lot of good teams. So sitting at one and three with your three losses being against Maryland, Duke, and Cornell with a one-goal win over Drexel. That doesn't look that bad. Problem being now they've got Virginia next. Then they've got Bobby Moe, and Bobby Moe is tough. So, I mean, they're playing top 10 team in Virginia, possibly top five, depending on how the rankings shore up this week. Uh, Bobby Moe is a solid lacrosse team. And then they have St. Bonaventure, UMBC. Don't front on UMBC. A lot of people are talking talking about them in, in very positive ways this year as well. So between their non-conference schedule being really tough and the SoCon being tough with Air Force sitting at three and two, Jacksonville at two and one, uh, you know Richmond at two and two with a really tough schedule. It's going to be tough for High Point to kind of dig themselves out of this hole that they've put themselves in. Another team that uh, did well this weekend was Ohio State at Bucknell. I actually thought there might be a chance that Bucknell could pull out an upset here. Bucknell was three and zero. Oh. Yeah, uh, so far leading into to, to this game, as was Ohio State. Well, Ohio State was actually two and one coming into the game. Bucknell was three and zero. Bucknell had been putting up a bunch of points offensively. They're very strong. Defensively, they are very disciplined. I thought they had a chance of upsetting Ohio State at home. Not the case. Jack Myers went off four goals, four assists. Trey LeClaire put up his normal four goals. Jackson Reed, three and one. Inacio, one and zero. Oh. And then you go down the list, Tarafanko, one and zero. Oh. So it's good to have their uh, midfield unit kind of back intact again. Kersan played tough in cage, 13 saves versus 11 goals against. So Ohio State ends up pulling out that big win. They're now three and one, and that's the business that Ohio State has to handle. I, you know, you can't be dropping non-conference games to Bucknell, but if they had, there would have been no shame in it. Bucknell's a quality team, but they really did have to handle this, and they did by about the margin that we had picked in terms of the spread. Ohio State, it doesn't get any easier for them. They've got Cornell at home. They've got Hofstra. Then they've got Notre Dame. Then they've got Denver. And then they get into their uh, conference streak against uh, Rutgers, Penn State, Maryland, Hopkins, Michigan. So Ohio State's got a tough schedule. I used to pick on them a lot about playing a cupcake schedule earlier in their season. But so far this year, I mean, Detroit Mercy, not a terrible team. Boston U, a solid team. UMass, a really good team. They lost 7-9 to UMass. Bucknell, a solid team. So 
Ohio State schedule, they, they built their schedule this year to try to prepare them for their conference play, and so far, so good for them. So that is it for this episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you're notified when we put out more videos. Also, be sure to visit our sponsor, Sideline Swap. You can go to sidelineswap.com or click the link in the description below. And if you'd like to support us beyond that, just go to laxfactor.com. You can watch our videos there, listen to our audio podcast there, and you can buy some swag, hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, and all of that good stuff. Be sure to come back tomorrow where we're going to do individual videos for the Virginia-Princeton game where we get to talk about Mike Sowers a lot. And we're also going to break down Johns Hopkins, uh, North Carolina, and the Yale and Penn State games. We'll do those all as individual videos tomorrow. We'll put them all out tomorrow up on YouTube. They will live as one big podcast in audio podcast land, but we'll start putting these recaps up as individual videos so your guys' bored brains don't hurt. And that is it. Thank you for watching.